Hi everyone, I'm Paola Diana and this is Unleashed, the Game Changers. Today our guest is a returning guest. She's an incredible woman. She's a nutritionist therapist and an entrepreneur, the founder of Eat, Burn, Sleep. Thank you, Yalda Alawi, for being here with us today. Paola, it's always a pleasure to see you. Oh, I'm so happy you're here because, you know, we are going through hell in this period. You know, we met uh, almost two years ago and then we had this pandemic. So I wanted you here because you're doing a great job with Eat, Burn, Sleep. I follow you. Uh, I'm not so good, I tell you the truth, <laughs> in, in doing everything that you, um, that you say we should do, but I, I try my best and I, I hope that's something. But you know, you are doing uh, something very special because you say, and, and you, you prove that with your daily job, that we can't outsource our health you know, to doctors to the hospitals, to the sanitary system. And it's so true. So I, I would like you to share with us today some knowledge about how we can boost our immune system, if it's possible, how can we become stronger and healthier and prevent disease? Okay, so you've said so many interesting things there. The first thing you mentioned is you're not always good. So yeah. that is actually very normal. I'm not always good. No one is always good. And if we, if we strive for perfection, yeah. we stop looking after our health. So my, my, my approach is very much about damage limitation and nurturing. So there are phases, you know, we all go through phases. So yeah. even myself, there are phases where I'm very good with my anti-inflammatory lifestyle, where I'll follow everything. And then there are other phases where I'm more social and I might have a bit more alcohol, but that's actually also very anti-inflammatory because social connections have been shown to be the number one factor for longevity. Wow. Being happy improves serotonin. Yeah. Serotonin being produced in the gut, that improves our microbiome. As a result, serotonin is also a natural appetite suppressant and the precursor to melatonin, so we sleep better. So there's no bad choice I think the most important thing is health education and knowing if the choice we are making nourish this part, the yes. social part, or the gut, or it's all about rebalancing. And interestingly, today, I bumped into a woman and she said to me, Yalda, um, I follow you, my name's Alexandra. And I said to her, oh, thanks for saying hi, what do you follow me for? And she said, I follow you for bloating but I'm not very good, I don't do it all the time. I said, but actually you're doing it perfectly, you're living your life and whenever you feel that you need to fix your bloating, good. improve things, you go back on it. So she resets. Yeah, she resets, yeah. so it's a tool to do that. Yeah. And coming to what you're talking about, indeed we cannot fully outsource health. It's such an important concept. So doctors are there to stop us from going into the sinister zone of being ill. But this is a concept of optimal health. This is like the best version of you. And this is, God forbid, being diagnosed with a terrible disease. Doctors help us be here. Yeah. But only us can get closer to this. Sure. Doctors can't make food choices for us, can't make, you know, And we are what we eat. Correct. And, and we are what we think and we are, yeah. we're energy. So it's all about, are you in a positive 
spin spiral or negative. And with the pandemic, as you say, we're faced with an enormous challenge where everything, we thought we were safe. We thought we have vaccines for everything. Uh, there's no bacteria, we're cleaning everything. It's not enough. Um, children mortalities, infantile mortalities gone down. But the truth is, although some things got better, some things got worse. Yeah. Our gut health got worse and 70% of our immune system cells gut associated lymphoid tissue sit in the gut. Why got worse, in your opinion? Because it started about 100 years ago when we invented fridges. So refrigeration is amazing. Yeah. It has stopped us from having salmonella, dying, but also it started killing too many bugs. You know, when we put antibacterials on our hands, yes, it kills the virus, but it kills all the bacteria as well that supports yes. our immunity. When we use antibacterial sprays, we kill all the good bacteria. So our lifestyles have become too clean. Interesting. And you know, I started this journey because of a personal health issue. Yes. An autoimmune disease. And I was looking into colitis, which is my disease, Crohn's and inflammatory bowel disease. I'm talking, you know, back in 2008, 2009, 2010, I was reading all this research. And research shows that in sub-Saharan Africa, India, the incidence of inflammation-related issues and autoimmune issues is much lower. And that's when the hygiene hypothesis started, which is hygiene is killing us. Incredible. And through COVID, a lot of people with underlying inflammation, with underlying health issues, which is basically any issue that is not something you can catch, a non-communicable disease, so people with diabetes or heart issues or anything, yeah. cholesterol, obesity, were more at risk of complication of COVID-19. Why? Because those health issues are all linked to inflammation. And chronic inflammation is the dysregulation of the immune system. So you can have an impaired immune response to a virus. And inflammation is linked to many things, including gut health. Yeah, I know. And it's also chronic inflammation is dangerous for cancer, right? Yeah. For all sorts of Anything of, uh, you cannot yeah. catch. So uh, epigenetics has shown that you can either switch on or switch off your weak genes. Sure. For example, I have autoimmunity in my family. My mom has it. My grandmother has it. And I've switched it off with my anti-inflammatory lifestyle. And that's fantastic. But, but if I start being too inflamed, I start getting symptoms. This gene gets switched yes. back on. And you know what is so fascinating because we don't really hear the things normally, right? The only thing you know we hear is this: oh, you should eat less calories, you know, and this oh, you should do the juice fasting, you know, something like that. I think they're just stripping people of their money, right, and not really telling them what they should do in order to be healthier, right? So there's only this uh, obsession with this uh, like shallow, you know, uh, data. And calories, as, as you say, is which calories you're actually taking, you know, because they're not all calories are the same, right? So, you know, this is due to many things. 
The first thing is the consumer. We've got to take the blame. Mm. We like a quick fix. It's human. It's true. We just want, you know, when I was sick, I was like, please God, just Give me one a pill. thing. Give me. But the pill at the beginning works a bit and yeah. then the more you take it, the more side effects you have. That's why people with chronic conditions feel terrible. Yeah. Otherwise they feel great on their medication. They don't. Because also inflammation creates medication resistance. And even for people with depression. You know, depression, anxiety, very linked to inflammation yeah. and neuroinflammation. About 50% uh, of people diagnosed with depression report 18 months later to being no better despite taking medication because when you have depression running and you don't take, start an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, the inflammation pathways, it kind of nourishes it. The more depressed you are, the more inflamed you are, the more That's inflamed terrible. you are, the more depressed, and you develop medication resistance. But coming back to the quick fixes of, you know, juicing or counting calories. So there are several reasons for that. The first thing is the consumer wants a quick answer. And my answer, which I share on the platform, it's all about nuances. Okay. It's not a quick thing. First thing is, it's all about the long term. The second thing people want is black and white. Is this good or bad? Is fat good or bad? Well, too much fat is really bad for you and too little fat is very bad for you. <laughs> and what kind of fat? That's not an easy answer. So yeah. everything is about educating yourself. So people who, who sign up to the Eat, Burn, Sleep platform, I strongly urge them, if they're not ready to start, because they often think it's a diet, they, they don't realize it's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I say to them, just watch the masterclass is, so you educate yourself. And the more you educate yourself, the more you understand the different shades of gray, and what does what, and what you can have when, and how to rebalance the next day. Yeah. And you also when, you know, it's very and important. When. When so you calories, you're right, yeah. are completely flawed. Calories are the best measure we have for energy, but it literally measures for how long something is going to burn. Calories are the way we count calories is we have a bowl in which we burn the food and then there is water around it and we see how it hits the water and that's how we calculate. Okay. But the way the body processes is very different from heating water with combustion. But that's the best way we have to measure and that's why fat is so high in calorie because oil will burn for a long time and heat water more okay and sugar carbohydrates are actually the lowest in calories per gram interesting but sugar will feed your the bacteria in your gut in the wrong way and that's very linked to inflammation to unhealthy weight gain yeah it's true right that we have a good bacteria and bad bacteria and we should feed uh, uh, the good ones with the food that they love the most right that's right that's right there is so, so in the microbiome it's like a war we've got the good guys and the bad guys and some guys are good in moderation but uh, for example candida albicans is a fungus and it's present in yeah. us we have it but in certain conditions, after a course of antibiotics, or if you eat too much sugar, or if you're super stressed, or if your immunity changes, for example, early in pregnancy, people might experience, might experience thrush, or which is, yeah, or a white coating on the tongue, or fungus under the nail, which is linked to a candida overgrowth. And some people won't have those symptoms. They'll have 
irritability, funny mood, bloating, and that's due to an overgrowth. Interesting. But if it's kept in check, it's fine. And it's all about education, as you say. Another thing that I really admire about you, because you started studying, you know, and you keep studying. I really follow you every day, and I'm really proud of you, because I think you're doing a great job. Yeah, I update my research constantly. Um, I think when you are in health, whether you're a doctor, um, a holistic practitioner, a nutritional therapist, a personal trainer, the rule number one is first do no harm. Yes. So that's why anyone who advises anything extreme, I think is dangerous. Because extreme measures lead to extreme results and we don't want that. Mm -hmm. So my first thing is, I don't want this to harm anyone. The second thing is you have to be curious, but you also need to be skeptical. So I'm not someone who embraces new trends. You know, you had the celery juice trend. I was like, do you know anyone who's lived till 100 drinking celery juice? I mean, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the studies of people who yeah. have lived long in, in Sicily, in, in Japan, zones, yeah. in the blue zones. No one's having so juicing celery yeah, all day long. Exactly. Um, or the banana diet, I heard. Or, or crazy things, egg dyes, we've seen them all. Yeah. Um, so I don't embrace even, you know, the vegan trend I'm completely against. Yeah. yeah. I'm very in favor yeah. of um, in having good vegetables, you know, a plate full of colors, unprocessed. But we inherently need animal protein because we are made of amino acids. We need them all to be healthy. Yeah. And, you know, people who are totally vegan must take some supplements, otherwise they can have severe health issues. Yeah. So that in itself tells me that <laughs> we're not born to take supplements, are we? Sure, sure. You know? And of course, we all want uh, animals to be treated uh, with humanity. Yeah. But that's another problem, right? I yeah. mean, uh, we, we should need uh, some regulations, right, yeah. for these uh, But factories. also it's consumer-led. Yeah. So if I go and buy grass-fed uh, beef yeah. in a small amount and I don't waste, that I'm supporting my planet. Yeah. Well, you know, food wastage is a huge problem. Um, it's all from the consumer. But coming back to what you were saying, so I'm curious and skeptical, and I, I put myself in questions every day. Every day I, I question everything. I question what I read, I question what I thought yesterday, and I'm very open to feedback from all my subscribers and followers That's at important. all times, because Although maybe, you know, some ideas are not good, they might feed sure. my thoughts for m more ideas. And I'm a big believer that any, any professional who doesn't continue educating themselves and don't update their knowledge and as a result what they share... They're not doing a good job. Well, they're going backwards because the yeah. world's changing Absolutely. constantly. But Yalda, now can we talk about COVID? Because, you know, it's, it's some ongas or maybe Omicron, as we say, right? So uh, not only there are people who take it uh, more severely than others, but there are people who actually have long COVID. Can you tell us about this type of patients, if you had some of them, you know, and uh, what do you suggest them to do in order to prevent this to happen? Yes, yeah, so long COVID is a huge issue and I've created actually a whole section on my platform on this and I've supported many people with it. Which are the symptoms? 
So we there are around 300, 350 million around the people around the world who have been officially diagnosed with COVID. And a third of them, about 100 million people, have been officially diagnosed with long COVID. It's a lot. But I know many people with long COVID who didn't tell their doctors. Mm. So it's more than that. And what is long COVID? So when you catch the virus, it is the sick period is between four and six weeks. Anyone who has symptoms beyond six weeks falls under the, under the category of suffering from long COVID. And that can go from digestive issues to, of course, lung inflammation, uh, headaches, terrible, anxiety, depression, everything linked to inflammation. And also the nervous system is hugely affected by COVID. Some people experience problems with their vision. It's an area of symptoms, joint pain, extreme fatigue, swelling yeah. and anything no you can cure think for this like there's no pill right no there's no cure mm. the cure is reducing inflammation because what happens is when you catch a virus like covid or any virus if you have underlying so first for everyone it's going to kick in the inflammatory pathways because the normal immune response when you get a virus is to get inflammation yes fever is inflammation but that's healthy the way we fight the virus, correct? Yeah. What's dangerous is when you have chronic inflammation, which is low-grade inflammation over a long time. And for people who had underlying chronic inflammation, they are more at chances of developing long COVID. And chronic inflammation will fuel those pathways and all those COVID symptoms. Sure. So a lot of people report weight loss with long COVID. Uh, Generally, because their gut is so disrupted, they go to a bathroom a lot, they empty everything, they lose their nutrients. But I had many people report to me weight gain. So I was so curious about this. I was like, hold on, doctors talk about weight loss. And, Gosh, and I, I had a weight gain as well. <laughs> so I looked it up. Because mm. I thought to myself, you know what? If it disrupts the gut bacteria, then it can impact your weight either way. Because we know that weight is linked to gut bacteria. Interesting. Yeah. And also inflammation can lead to water accumulation. Inflammation is linked to obesity. Obesity is actually an inflammatory disease. Yeah. So I looked it up and of course, this can be both ways. There are some studies showing that some people after COVID experience crazy cravings because of the change in gut bacteria. Ex or have unexplained weight gain. So all of this is linked. And also the fact that we were in lockdown. Let's be real, right? Oh, Being yeah, well, locked yeah, inside yeah. the house with your fridge there all the time, I think for weight gain, <laughs> it's really challenging, right? So catching the virus in one hand, and the other thing, as you say, the impact on mental health, you're not getting the serotonin and oxytocin, which is the love hormone and happy hormone from social connections. Yeah. When you eat food, the release of insulin, so blood sugar levels going up. So this is, let me rewind. This is why people crave sugary foods often if they are a bit down. Because when you eat sugary foods or carbohydrates, yes. like comfort foods, ca carbs, they increase your insulin. Insulin releases serotonin, which is the happy hormone. But the problem is 
a spike of insulin that's too high will also disrupt cortisol levels. So at the beginning, you get a spike in serotonin, you're happy, but then medium and long term, you have higher cortisol, which is stress hormones, which then can make you eat more. And you're in this vicious mm. cycle of your eating makes you feel better. And then later, the, double, the second effect is you feel low. And also you can develop uh, uh, insulin resistance, right? Yes. But it's very dangerous. Yes. That's when, um, that's when the body stops responding to insulin. Yeah. And blood sugar levels stay elevated. That's really dangerous. That's people who have that are more at risk of diabetes. People with polycystic ovary syndrome and some hormonal issues are more prone to insulin resistance. Very interesting. Indeed. And uh, your plan can help people to uh, change and go back and you know yes. revert to this insulin resistance? So when I launched the platform, I created different sections for different conditions. Yeah. People with bloating, people who have different goals, weight loss, healthy weight loss, healthy weight gain, hormonal issues, polycystic ovary syndrome, endometriosis, psoriasis, eczema, anything you can think that's linked to inflammation. And as I go, I continue my research and I continue adding to these different sections and creating new sections. So, yes. That's fantastic. So actually your plan can help. So people who have this different, you know, uh, disease, can we call them disease? Yeah, diseases, yeah. chronic conditions or, you know, goals. So for example, many people have used this for cancer recovery I haven't created a section for cancer recovery yet. I mean, I've created it, I just haven't published it yet. I will publish it soon because I've had so many people already giving me amazing results That's great. in their cancer recovery. Because when you reduce inflammation and you detoxify your liver, it can help you recover from chemotherapy better, just, just get better. So it's so fundamental, you know, what we eat. It's really fundamental. And how we think and how we move. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I know that also in your plan there is the daily activity yes. and it's true, it's so important. I'm definitely such a fan of everything <laughs> you promote because we are the result of all these little habits, you know, they're not so little, but you know, it's our routine, right? Our, our daily routine. And so they accumulate. Yeah. You know, when you go for a walk, you feel better afterwards and you think, oh, it was just a walk. But if you start counting the number of miles you've done over a year, yeah. the difference of that little walk every day changes your year and your health. Exactly. So it's about small habits, adding them slowly in your life. Exactly. So going back to long COVID, you think it's preventable, right? So if someone has you know, a healthy lifestyle and a good nutrition, they could not have a long COVID? So I can't say that because there's no study that's shown that, but we know that if you have chronic inflammation and if you have acute symptoms of COVID, you have, you have more chances of developing COVID. Okay. That has been sure. proven. Okay. So anyway, it's of course, we are still learning, right? Yeah. So it's an it's yeah. ongoing but, case study, but yeah. definitely. I think, hi Simba. <laughs> Such a beautiful cat. Yeah, it's interested in this topic, I guess. So, so you see, this is anti-inflammatory. So having pets really reduces your stress levels. That's so great. stress is hugely linked to inflammation. You know, you yeah. hear it all the time. Someone had a stressful stress period and then yeah. they get a disease. It's because yeah. of that. And stroking 
A cat reduces yeah. your inflammation. That's why in my house, I think we're very happy. We have three. Yeah, <laughs> Animals yeah. are good for us. Yeah, yeah. And I heard they're also good for the microbiome, right? I, yeah, I because of the bacteria. Yeah. But you can also, yes, they're good because it's a bit of dirt, but you can also get parasites. Okay, so it's not, it's not good 100%. It nuances. depends what you focus on. <laughs> I want to focus on the good bits. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's so interesting talking to you, really, because, uh, of course, you have so many case studies, right? So you actually know what uh, you're talking and you have real life, real people, you know. I have and doctors as well. I know, I know. I, I read all the references they give to you and they're fantastic. I, I know they're actually referring their clients to you to follow the plan. And, you know, I think it's also easy and it's good because you're putting the responsibility of the health in their own hands, right? So you're not telling them, I'm giving you the fish. You're actually telling them, okay, I, I'm teaching you how to fish. Yeah. Then it's your responsibility. And I think it's so important, right? Because we, we should change our culture, you know, and we, we should really go back to, okay, I'm responsible for myself, my own health, you know, so I can prevent you know, other things happening to me, especially more when we age, right? Because when we are in our 20s, it's much easier to be Yeah, because we're less active. inflamed. The older we are, the more inflammation we have from wear and tear, from stress, from life. That's, that's And that's why people who are older are more at risk of complications of any virus. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, you're totally right. And you know about this thing of you can't outsource, even the lifestyle, you know, people join I can't do it for them. All I can do is give them the tips. Yeah. I can't distress for them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's super important to, to put things in perspective. I can't breathe for them. So you see, I'm a true believer that it's the little things every day. Yes. So I was telling someone today that I do my morning and evening meditation, but actually what's super important as well is during the day, if I'm stressed and I'm noticing I stopped breathing, I've got to breathe. And it's not about sitting there and doing a breathing exercise with some yum meditation in the background. It's, hey, I'm in front of my computer and I've got so many things to deal with. I've just noticed I stopped breathing. Interesting. I've got to breathe. That's that how bad stress is. Because that yeah. lowers cortisol levels. Deeper breathing. Or you're walking between A and B and you think, oh my God, I'm late. Remember to breathe. That lowers inflammation. It's little things every day. And I think, and that's why I created this platform. I want people to use it as a little reminder of the small things. Yeah. You know, breathe, drink your water. This is no big deal, actually. Put it in perspective. It's not just about the food. It's very much linking everything all the time. And that's why you have so many educational videos, because it just reminds us to be connected to to us and not be always out and That's then so when important. you chew you chew more mindfully so you're producing the enzymes in your mouth and then in your gut and then you're yeah. digesting better and enjoying better and then satiety comes quicker so you're eating less it's all together our body is an incredible machine right so it really responds to all these you know yeah. uh, inputs so we should definitely know how we function much better and once we know that i think it's easier to take care of our body right yeah and it's so important and also when you talk uh, you remind me also of the importance of the connection with nature right yeah. 
Because it's so important, you know, the grounding, the hugging yeah. a tree, you know, walking and just, you know, breathing fresh air and, uh, and hearing the birds. But eating believe. real food is a form of earthing. You know, when you cook, yes. and you're to, to, if you're holding a real apple uh, and not some kind of um, over-processed bar, yeah. it's a form of earthing. You're touching something from the earth, buying flowers, doing flower arrangements in your home is a form of earthing. Yes. Having a bath as well really helps ground. Um, so yes, and all of this is healing. I also recently bought this uh, healing bowl and I, I love to sing the bowl, you know, as a you Tibetan You told bowl. me, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> because also the sound, I think it's so important, right? Yeah. It is a way to start meditating, you know, and go into another dimension to come. But you see, this is amazing. And what you've done here is you've worked out what works for you. Yeah. You know, for example, when you go for a massage, some people want music that distresses them. Some people don't want music because music stresses them. So it's all about seeing what's good for us. And I try and teach people that with the platform is to really tune into their bodies. Because especially for women, there are not two days of the cycle that were the same. Yeah, can we talk about <laughs> the <our> nightmare <laughs> yeah. to be a girl? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, because it's so important, you know. Yeah. Even you know during the month, I, I notice that I have more cravings in a certain yeah. time of my period, yeah. and yeah. it's unbelievable. So we are we, we are so connected, right, to our hormonal Hugely. levels. But that's also a superpower. It's not so. First, it's the superpower of being able to have babies. Yes. And it's a superpower because we have all these emotions we capture. We, you know, there are so many things that we, we grasp, that we feel. So we, we tend to complain about the negatives of when we become slightly emotional. Yeah. But generally being emotional is also connecting more to things around us when normally we're not so connected, so we're sure. more chilled. And, um, but indeed, no two days are the same for us. And you know, I started actually because I share movement videos on the platform, you have all these anti-inflammatory workouts. I started for women who are menstruating saying, this is good for week one, week two, week three, week four, so they can tune into their cycle more. Fantastic. And do the right movement for the right time. Mm. It's so important, you know? And the fact that you are actually a woman, right? <laughs> Makes it, you know, uh, even better because you know what you're talking about, right? Yeah. And what about women in uh, menopause? Uh, do you have a special diet for them, special exercise? So uh, I've helped many. Good. Because the lifestyle will remove a lot of hormone disruptors, will help re uh, detoxify the liver, which performs hormone homeostasis, being hormone balancing. I actually posted today on my story uh, this testimonial from a lady who lost 22 pounds and she wrote, and I'm 55 years old, wow. I lost it so easily. So the lifestyle as it is really helps women who are perimenopausal, menopausal, postmenopausal. Um, but I'm gonna add extra. I'm gonna add a whole section on the menopause. Good. I'm working on it. Good, because it's such an extra important advice. topic. And actually here at uh, The Game Changers, we have an incredible interview you know, to Dr. Kalezi, and uh, yeah, she talks about menopause and andropause as well, because men are affected as well, and we never talk about that, correct? It's so interesting you're saying this, because I was talking to a friend of mine, 
And uh, I was so proud of him because he addressed the issue. He's Good. an older gentleman. Yeah. And he could see that things were different because we all go through hormones dropping. It's the body. The body just does less as we age. And then, unfortunately, at some point, we die. It's nature. <laughs> it's, yeah. nature. it's nature. And so men will see a drop in testosterone. The thing is around us, there are so many, you know, hormone disruptors, phytoestrogens. So some men will have estrogen dominance as well. Um, and he's he did something about it. He lost eight kilos. I was so impressed. Eight or eighty? Eight. Wow. You know the belly that he had developed yeah. gone. Fantastic. He got rid of it because he tackled it. He he yeah. acknowledged that he had the andropause, and now they're calling it on social media melopause. Why melopause? Because I think people don't understand andropause. I don't know. But I don't know. It's the new fashionable term, but it's basically. I Andropos. hope it's not offensive, or, or they use it in an offensive way. No, 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 okay. not at all. So oh, just yeah. so people understand more that it's from male, okay, rather than female. <laughs> oh. um, they don't know Latin, yeah. Yeah, that's right. They <laughs> oh, haven't yeah. done Latin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> it's Pancho. another part. <laughs> How are you, <laughs> Sancho? Yeah, is 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 definitely a disruptor, Sancho. <laughs> You're a game changer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at him. So yes, this affects both men and women. Mm -hmm. And as we're living longer, it is crucial to look after our health so we can have quality of life. Because it's not a question of surviving like lab mice as long as we can. Of course. In poor quality. It's how we survive. It's, that's right. So my dad said to me something really interesting. He said to me, don't worry about aging as long as you can continue doing everything and think the same way. And I was yes. like, he said to me, as long as you keep your physical and cognitive functions, mm. don't worry about the of wrinkles. Course. And I thought, this is the best advice I've ever received about aging. It's not about, you know, the thickness of your hair or the wrinkles. It's about, can I move? Can I think? Because if you can move, you're probably looking fit. Yeah. If you can think and your cognitive functions are there, it means you've eaten well and you're probably looking well. So that's just a byproduct of keeping everything going healthy. Yeah. And I think it's a much healthier approach to always think about health rather than beauty or, or looks. Yeah. Looks, I was yeah, never, absolutely. I was never able to follow a diet. You, you were, but mm. I was never <laughs> able to follow a diet for looks because I'm not vain enough. <laughs> Yeah, and you're lucky you're so gorgeous. <laughs> no, but do you see what I mean? Like, I'm never... Yeah. However, when it came to fixing my gut, yeah. gosh, I had so much discipline. Because you, you the mindset so was about nourishing. Mm. And it's a long-term mindset when it's about health. Because, you know, you're not going to fix your gut in four days. Although a lot of people tell me, oh, in three days, my bloating's gone. I had more severe issues than that. It took longer. Yeah. So, and I developed the lifestyle as I went, so it was a long <laughs> journey for me. But because it was about health, you made it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I it was a completely different perspective. Yeah. I, I love to eat. It gave me much more discipline and yeah. looking, having a long-term vision. 
And in your platform, do you talk also about uh, intermittent fasting? Because I know now it's, it's quite famous and uh, I personally, I try to do that. You know, I not so good all the time <laughs> again, but I, I can see some results when I do that. What do you think about that? So I'll give you a summary. I filmed a whole video which is on the platform and there is a section called videos that's open to the public. That's great. The intermittent fasting video is there. So I was really puzzled because some people had amazing mm -hmm. results with intermittent fasting. And I have friends who gained so much weight. Interesting. And I've noticed on me that sometimes it can be beneficial and sometimes not at all. So I, I was determined to try and understand. Yeah. And all I could find online, it was people who were pro and people who were against, but I could never find something explaining to me why we see such different results. Yeah. So here is my take on it. When you fast, you produce two types of hormones. The first one is human growth hormone, which makes us look younger, burns fat, helps, you know, children grow. Yeah. We also produce a lot of it during the sleep. That's why it's so essential for puppies, for children to sleep a lot. You grow during your sleep. That's when you produce human growth hormone. But when we fast, we also produce it as adults. And there's something else we produce. We produce cortisol, which is the stress hormone, because if we are starving, we need to kind of go and hunt for food. Interesting. So, as a general rule, I've noticed that men do better intermittent fasting than women. In fact, the majority of the testimonials are men, actually. Yeah, I know that. Because they were hunter-gatherers, so they'd go mm -hmm. and they would fast for... Because they were fighting, uh, they were hunting. So they're genetically more prone so, to do so that. So they were away from the cave for hours, yeah. running yeah. on empty stomach. And we were back with the kids, nibbling on something. There was always little things. Okay, so I think that historically, genetically, women are, get less positive results than men because of that. The second reason, the second thing is, people with very stref stressful lifestyles who already have a lot of cortisol, you make them starve for 12, 14, 16, 18 hours, their cortisol goes through the roof, and that leads to fat accumulation against the, around the waist. So you can end up, end up gaining weight from it. Interesting. And the third thing, and this is purely evidence-based on my observation, is I've noticed women who do well on it are postmenopausal. It could totally be. Absolutely. Because of yeah. less hormones. Yes, yes. I understand. So that's my take You're on right. intermittent fasting. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in periods mm. where you don't feel stressed, it might be beneficial. I find that if I have a heavy dinner, of course, the day after maybe you... I like you to push breakfast to later. Yeah. But I can't... Skip. Yeah. Push it later than 11, otherwise I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. I don't feel good. And then I overeat. 
Yeah, but also, you know, these diets, regimes, you know, uh, lifestyles, they're so different for, between men and women, right? Yeah. They should be because uh, hormonally and genetically we are so different. Well, intermittent so. fasting is quite an extreme measure. That's yeah. why it can lead to extreme results. Yes. You know? Yeah. So that's why in the... I share all of this and you know when I create the menopause section for women I will talk about postmenopausal women you can once in a while do a little bit of intermittent fasting if you want to give yourself a boost sure. but premenopausal women I don't advise it very interesting thank you Yalda my pleasure thank you of course, everyone knows where they can find you. Eatbirdsleep.com, correct? That's right. Yeah, and uh, you keep adding new content. Thank God. Thank and on, you. And on Instagram, a lot of my subscribers actually really enjoy the Instagram. They tell me it keeps them motivated on the platform. Exactly. I love your stories. <laughs> <laughs> so keep posting so them. So it's Eat, Burn, Sleep, yeah. And I hope I will have you here next time, maybe next year, for you know some news and uh, updates on your case studies. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I've really, I have really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you everyone for being here with us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And of course, don't forget that uh, you can hear the story of Yalda and watch it on our channel uh, in the first season. I, I remember it was a great episode and everyone really enjoyed that. So go and check this out. And of course, don't forget to share with your friends on all your social media and stay tuned. We have uh, incredible new guests coming very soon.